entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard. Welcome back to the Marketing Inbound Podcast, where we help you leverage inbound marketing strategies to grow your business. This week, I interview Kim DeGracia, who specializes in launching online courses. We decided to focus on email marketing in this episode, as it is a huge part of how we help our clients. In what you're about to hear, Kim reveals the three steps to optimize each email. The number one thing that helps build rapport with your email list and an example of an email sequence so you can implement it right after this episode. Plus, we discuss how to measure what's working with your emails, email marketing tools to get you started, and tips to get people to open your emails. This short episode is super packed with value, so make sure to listen to the very end. And be sure to sign up to the newsletter. I'll leave the link in the show notes so that you can get episodes, blogs, and more resources on inbound marketing once a month to your inbox. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for being on the Marketing Bound podcast. Welcome. Thanks so much, Laura. Okay, so I'm super excited because we're going to be talking about email marketing, specifically copywriting and email marketing. How long have you been working in that? Yes, I've been doing copywriting for about a year now. Awesome. So I also do email marketing on a daily basis, but I don't focus on the copywriting aspect. So I've tried like a lot of subject lines, the copy, the call to actions, but I'm wondering from your professional opinion, what do you think people just get wrong about copywriting? Oh yeah, um, that's a really good question. So people sometimes forget to distinguish content writing from copywriting. So imagine that we're sitting in a coffee shop, right? And we turn to our right and then we see this couple and we can tell that they're really deep in conversation. And then we overhear them and they're DTRing, they're defining their relationship. So they came to this coffee shop with one specific purpose to define their relationship. And that's like copywriting. Copywriting is writing and your purpose is to get somebody to um, take an action. And that action could be making a sale, most likely. Mm -hmm. And then, so, con oh yeah, go yeah, ahead. No, I was going to say then what's content writing? Oh yeah, so we're in the coffee shop now and then we turn to our left and we see like two best friends. They're talking, laughing, talking about the last Netflix show they watched. Um, so it's more casual. So content writing is the purpose of it is just to build trust with your audience. So think like blog posts, so most social media posts, um, podcast descriptions, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, that's so interesting. I didn't know there was a distinction either. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't know either when I first started. So it's important to distinguish, though. Okay, so you're writing content so that people can take action at the end. Yeah. Now, I would argue, just playing devil's advocate here, okay. that even in your content writing, that you're also trying to create that connection with people and for them to take action. Yeah, at least, yes, that's right. That's what people should be doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you have to be combining them together. Yeah, and they're both needed too in a business. 
But yeah, it's good to combine both of them together. So like at the end of your blog post, you could include a call to action, mm-hmm. like comment below on this post and tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you could combine the two. Okay. Okay. So someone listening to this episode really wants to hone in on their email marketing, copywriting. What do they need to do after this episode to let's say get that started? Yeah, I really love taking action right after listening to something. Yeah. So the first thing would be to define your purpose. So mm-hmm. why are you going to send out this email? Are you wanting to share like the latest podcast episode that you did? Or do you want to introduce yourself maybe to your audience? Um, so first you define the purpose of your email. And then second would be to define your audience. Who are you talking to? Um, so the thing I like about email list is you can kind of segment them. Mm-hmm. So maybe um, somebody would opt into your list and they're wanting to learn like how to start a podcast. Um, and then other people would probably be a little bit more advanced. You could segment that list and you could email them another sequence of emails. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you really want to define your target audience would be the second thing. I also think that's super important because when you have, let's say a list of, I don't know, 300 people and you're not sure what they need help with, then your list is a mess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost useless because you don't know how to help those people and they're either going to ignore your email or just unsubscribe. Yeah, definitely. So I actually think that email marketing starts from even when people are signing up so that they can identify what problem they have so that you know so that you know what copy to provide in the email yeah definitely Mm -hmm. I think I heard um Rachel Hollis say this but she actually like names her ideal avatar Mm -hmm. um and then talks about like where this person goes shopping what they like to do what their hobbies are so I think that's important for people to do too to really define their audience so that they know what they need yeah or else your emails are just going to fall flat Mm -hmm. yep so what, what type of emails should everybody be considering in their email marketing strategy to make sure that they're converting their subscribers? Yeah, so one popular one that I like and that I've seen my clients use um, is just a welcome sequence. It's really hmm. simple. It's like the first type of email sequence you want to do. So this is probably like a sequence of three to five emails. And this is, um, these emails come out like right after somebody subscribes to your list. Mm -hmm. So that first email could be just about yourself, about your brand. Um, And then you could also include a freebie too um, to give to the reader. So building that rapport right away is something that a lot of people overlook. Yeah, they do. Some Or another thing is sometimes maybe somebody could opt into your email newsletter, they get that freebie, but then you never hear back from that person again. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to keep that ongoing conversation with your subscribers. So after the welcome email, do you recommend having a weekly newsletter go out or monthly or bi-monthly, or is it very much whatever people can manage to do? Yeah, um, so I guess that depends. Um, I know like for my clients, for example, I normally write like what, um, like one email newsletter would go out per month. 
Mm -hmm. um, but even one a week would be good. You also don't want to send out too many emails to people because they're going to feel like they're being spammed. Okay, that makes sense because right now I'm doing one a month for like my personal podcast list oh, yeah. um, because I just can't, I can't do one a week. <laughs> it's just, I know. Yeah. <laughs> like That's I, way too much. I can technically send them every single episode that goes out, but if for the time that it takes, I'm just like, oh, I'd rather just put everything into one email at the end of the month and then send that out and then build my list just on that one email and it's not too spammy. So I'm testing it out. I'll see how it goes. I'll let you know. Oh yeah. Let me know. And that's good. <laughs> You're being consistent too. Yeah. So they're going to expect that one email a month. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to bombard them, but I also don't want them to forget me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so let's get into what the emails should say. So you mentioned the welcome sequence. Um, are there any other sequences that we should know about? And then, okay, then we'll start with that. Oh yeah, so other sequences. Um, yeah. So I specifically work with people that are launching courses. Mm -hmm. So if you're launching a product, a course, a podcast, you probably want some type of sequence to go with that too. Um, other people utilize holidays a lot. So maybe you'll have an email sequence about the new year um, and then in your fifth email, um, the last email in your sequence, you would include a call to action to like purchase a course or a product from you. Okay, I'm glad you said that. So that's at the end of the sequence? Yeah, yeah, I like to include that at the end because so, you're trying to build up. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So let's say, can we go through an example? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So let's say um, you're, you have like, I don't know, people on your list and you send them a sequence because you have a new product or service or your course or anything like that and you have a sequence of four emails what is in every single one of these emails yeah that's a good question so the first one would kind of just be a little bit more about yourself and about your brand like I said mm -hmm. earlier um, the second one you probably could include like a video um, maybe introducing um, kind of getting them to warm up. So giving them some type of, like for courses, I'd include like an invitation to a webinar or something like that. Okay. Like so kind of freebie. Like ice. Yeah. Okay. okay that's the giving second them, Yeah. Some sort of value. Mm -hmm. The third one, um, I like to include testimonials. Um, yeah. About your services and your previous products. And then the fourth one would be, um, yeah, that link to your landing page, your, um, your, yeah, the sale. You the make it sound page. so simple. Oh just, yeah. Just four emails, obviously. <laughs> oh, for some people, it, um, especially course launching, there's a lot more emails that go into it. Some I've seen some people send like 27 emails. So is that effective though? Um, it has been for some people other I yeah the clients I work with I haven't had to write that many emails yet so oh my goodness because I've done email marketing for years and I think the best way to go about it is testing things obviously um mm -hmm. but especially with the sequences that you have in place like testing the subject lines and testing the content and the way that you can measure that is if people are opening your email that means your subject line is working 
And then if people are taking action within your email, that means your copy is working. So it's just like measuring every part of the funnel and adjusting accordingly, of course. Yeah, it's all an experiment. So. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, at the end of the sequence, you do the call to action. Then is there any follow-up after? Yeah, so maybe somebody did purchase your product or take that action, and that's great. You're going to continue to communicate with them. Mm -hmm. But maybe somebody doesn't um, take that call to action at the end. Something that I've done is include like another email that goes out and just ask them like, oh, why didn't you take that call to action? Why didn't you purchase this product? And really get feedback from them. I think that could really help you with your future emails and your future um, product launches, course launches. So after that, do you stop communication with them usually? Oh, no. Then they should just continue getting like, the, the weekly, out. yeah, the or monthly stuff. or something like that. Okay, mm -hmm. so you're, you're continuing to nurture them, but your follow up email differs depending on what action they take. Yeah, yeah. So, what programs do you use for your email, like nurturing sequences? Oh yeah. Um. So, my clients use um. A lot of them use ConvertKit. Mm -hmm. Um. Others have used Infusionsoft. Um. So those I think are like the two. Oh, okay. That makes Too sense. I use um, autopilot. Do you know autopilot? Oh, I've heard about autopilot. Yeah. Do I you like it? Autopilot because autopilot makes it super easy that if someone takes action and that can be like opening, unsubscribing, clicking can be anything in the email. And then based on that action, send them a specific email and they make oh. it so easy to do that. Like exactly what you just explained. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I really like it. I've been using it for years though. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah I need like to check that years. out. That's good that yeah, it's, it's just easy. A, it's super easy, but it's just a little expensive for entrepreneurs. It's like $50 a month. But if you if you're really dedicated to your newsletter list, it's super easy to segment, super easy to create lists, and it's it's $50. So like it's it's okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. But yeah. But I really like that one. There's another one called Flowdesk. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of Flowdesk too. Yeah. I haven't Have used it. No. Have you? No, I've just heard people like said good things about it. Yeah. I've heard that one was a pretty good one too. Um, but that one, I don't know. I just know it's less expensive. So it's probably ideal for entrepreneurs to try out. Okay. But I've never tried it myself. So I can't say anything to that. Um, okay. So in terms of the actual email and let's get really specific about like the subject lines. How are you making sure that people open your emails? Yeah, so I guess, like you said earlier, it's all kind of an experiment, mm -hmm. but I have found some effective headlines to use or what to put in a headline, mm -hmm. um, personalizing it. So putting that first name. Um, oh yes. Yeah, has that helped for you? Mm -hmm. Every time you put your, the first name, you say like, Kim, this is your ebook. It always catches your attention because it's not every day you see your email, your name in an email subject line. Yeah. So it's yeah. always a good touch. Is there anything else that people should be trying? Um, yeah. So one thing that I learned from this email copywriter, Tarzan K, is she actually puts in brackets, like, I made a video for you. And she said, like, that email 
sequence or that email really gets a lot of open rates. So really, yeah, like made a video for you because it seems very personalized. Yeah, like most people, I guess when they write an email, it's just text. People aren't really expecting mm -hmm. that video, but including like a 30 second to one minute video, mm -hmm. I think it gives that personal touch. Oh my gosh. Someone told me the other day about this email marketing platform. It's called, I think it's called Boom Boom. Yeah, saying? that's the one she uses. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> where you can send videos in your emails. So yeah. if anyone who really wants to personalize your emails and send videos, and if you're comfortable with that, check Boom Boom. I'll link it in all the show notes. Everybody who's listening can go check it out. But um, I haven't tried that one either. But that one seems very intense with the videos because you can literally personalize each one. Yeah, to each person. Yeah, that, that is a lot of work to do. That's a lot. Uh, but the option is out there for anyone who wants to try it. If you have like a smaller audience, I don't know, it's possible. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, okay. So mm -hmm. we spoke about subject lines and now I feel like people overlook this, but you know, like there's the two and it says the subject line and it also says who it's from. Mm -hmm. So do you always mess around with like who it's from and test those as well? Or do you just write like the, the brand name or your customer's name? Oh yeah. Normally I just include the brand name or customer name. Um, okay. Yeah. Have you tried testing it out? Yeah. I tried testing like my name at the company. Like uh -huh. Laura at Marketing Bound. Okay. Um, what else have I tried? Or Laura from Marketing Bound or something like that. Um, but yeah, that adds an extra layer of complexity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that people aren't willing to test. But sometimes, like, I, re I remember reading an article where they did a test where they just changed the from. Mm -hmm. And they noticed that when they put the at sign, like the, this sign, like not at AT, um, it uh -huh. actually increased open rates. Oh, it also depends on the client, right? Like I've had uh, some where if I put something in brackets, I don't know why these like the square brackets for anybody who's listening to this, I'm, I'm making the gesture with my hands, but for people just listening, they can't hear, they can't see it. Right. Um, oh, yeah. So if it says like, free resource and no don't put free in your subject line but if you put like resource or if you put ebook in the brackets for some reason I think that captures people's attention as well oh yeah so you can test those out too um it depends what they're signing up for obviously like if it's if it's an ebook then try try ebook and then like the title of the ebook Oh yeah. I've seen, I've seen that work. I've seen that too. Yeah, yeah. Now that you're saying that. And then also in the actual text of the email, I've seen like really short emails work, but then also extremely long emails work. Which one do you prefer? Um, I don't know why, but I prefer long emails, but there are those people that like just want a short email and then that's it oh my gosh all the people I'm subscribed to 
have uh-huh. extremely long, ridiculous emails. I never read them because they're way too, <laughs> it's like a story. Like I remember when I was having breakfast in 2016 and then they go on this whole story. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I don't care. But it seems to work because you're building that rapport. Mm-hmm. But I like your idea about using those videos because you can build rapport in a much shorter time in 30 seconds and not reading an email five minutes long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The, there are people that do that, but I guess yeah. there are like different types of readers too. Some people want to be entertained. So they want to read that long story. Other people just want to read something quickly. Yeah. I, I think it, I guess it depends on your industry and what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if it's probably an ebook, uh, not an ebook, if it's a course, maybe you want that extra knowledge of who you're purchasing from. So those are like, I guess, useful. But in yeah. some industries that I've worked in, it's like, oh my gosh, those long emails do not work. Oh. But <laughs> it depends on your industry. I think that's what it comes down to. So before we end this episode, I want to know if there are any tips or steps that you can provide our listeners about email marketing so that they can get started immediately after this episode? Yeah. So I guess what I said earlier, defining the purpose, why are you sending the emails? Um, Number two, defining your target audience. And then the third thing would just be like to create that free, free opt-in that, um, because people are, are going to, most people want a reason to subscribe to your email list. Mm. So you could create that free resource for them. Um, Then they'll click subscribe. So I'd say those are the top three things that they can, that people can do right away. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And for people who are like, I don't know what to offer. Do you have any advice on what that freebie can be? Oh yeah. Um, So think about your target audience and what their needs are. Um, I know eBooks work really well. Other people want to like put a fun spin on things and do like a quiz. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Or a really short like checklist of things somebody might need. So yeah. Those are good. Well, um, Kim, thank you so much for all your knowledge on copywriting and email marketing. Where can people find you so that they can check you out and check out how to work with you? Yeah, so I'm most active on Instagram. Um, It's copy with Kim. And I also have a website. It's kimdegracia.com. I'll link everything in the show notes so everybody can reach out to you. But thank you so much, Kim. Yeah, thank you, Laura.